You're gonna need a bigger boat. Attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. They're here. Hi. Welcome to Before After Reviews. I'm Teresa. And I'm Darby. And we're back with another episode and we watched Christopher Robin. Yay! You know, after some scheduling conflicts last time where we had to watch Coco and we got to actually do it this time. But have you been, Darby? I've been working a lot. Lots going on. Well, How about good. you? How have you been? Well, we had our conversation earlier where I wanted to destroy my computer. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I even hate the fact that I have to sit in front of it and look at it, but it's okay. I'm getting through it. I'm starting to forgive it because it's acting right now. Yay. Yay when so. electronics work. I know. My phone had to be taken back to Apple because it wasn't charging. Oh and God, it turned out that a piece of the lightning cable had gotten stuck inside it. Oh. And then also my lightning cable was saying that my phone would show that it's not supported. I'd plug in the lightning cable and be like, oh, a phone does not support this accessory. And I was like, but this is an Apple cable. How does it not support an Apple cable? So I took my phone in, got the piece out, and then they replaced my lightning cable. Because it turns out when you have Apple Care, that's covered. Replacing cables that's is awesome. part of it. And so is replacing headphones. I did I not know I this. So now that I know, I don't have to spend extra money on buying new cables, which I've always done. But I've always that's had nice. Apple Care. Yeah, that is nice. So now you we know. all know. Yeah, you're, uh, you're spreading the word, the good word. I try. I try. Yeah, so that sounds like productive accomplishment at the very least. You got a, your phone fixed and you found out how to get more shit out of Apple after all the money you give them, right? I know, right? Might as well get my shit for free. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not getting it for free. You fucking paid for it at this point. If you own Apple products, you paid for it. <laughs> They don't have sales, those bastards. I know. <laughs> they don't have to. They're like, fuck you guys. You're going to buy our shit. We're not only not going to have sales, we're going to take away normal headphone <laughs> ports. Yeah. Sons of bitches. But yeah, that's been my wonderful adventure. Just dealing with Apple and my hatred for electronics. Awesome. That sounds like a blast. Right. I've just been working. Today I made a ledge to hold dead broads. <laughs> That's totally, literally what I did. I built a ledge on the top of a partial wall. It's gonna hold the ashes oh. of dead strippers. And I mean, literally, I built a ledge to hold dead broads. And that is the term they would use for themselves, people. I don't give me a lecture about the no use one of should the term give broads. anyone a lecture on anything. I mean, who the fuck cares? And I know so many people get so politically correct where it's like, oh, don't call them prostitutes. They're sex workers. Don't call them hookers. They're sex workers. This is the proper PC term. But honestly, it's what everyone's always called everyone we're not doing it to be derogatory or anything it's just a label i just call people whatever they want to be called that's how i feel about it when i give you my name i'm giving it to you i call it giving because it's a fucking gift use it properly or i don't i don't respond and honestly (laughs) if someone didn't want to be called broad they'd say hey don't call me this end of story for sure but i mean they're kind of dead so they really can't (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I'm doing everything I can to keep their memory going. I'm pretty sure they're not going to be pissed off no. in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, so anyway, that's uh, what I did this week at work. Sounds riveting. Yeah, totally. It's been a while since I did any kind of crown molding, so. <laughs> well, you at know, least last you week I was archiving, and today I'm building See, you're just multi-talented. Work. You get to archive, you get to build shit. And you're like a Swift's army knife. I am. I am totally like a Swiss Army knife. 
<laughs> well, so I am a little bit sharper. So. <laughs> anyway. Well, this week we have Robert's rant. So it's been a while. Yeah. Sorry, but we do have one. So let's kick it to Robert. Hi, Darby and Teresa. Once again, thank you for having me. Sorry I wasn't here last week, but I had to go hide the body. I mean, um, I was busy. Uh, edit that out. Thank you. Um, so yeah, Winnie the Pooh, another fucking Disney live action movie. Do we really need another one? Does anybody really like the other ones? So I'm hearing that they're going to be doing a Dumbo live action and just announced that I heard today was they're going to be doing a Lady and the Tramp live action movie. I think they look horrible. Never seen any of them. They look kind of freakish. Don't like it. Not for me. With that said, so fucking Winnie the Pooh, you know, 1924 it was his first appearance in almost 100 years. You think that fucker would have stumbled upon a pair of pants? I don't know. This is 2018. You can't just walk around pantless anymore. I don't know if you ever could or not. But anyway, that's all for me today. Talk to you guys later. So that was Robert's rant. And... I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with that ending he had. I got to say, I feel like not having pants is actually an evolution at this point. Let's Ooh. get over pants, man. Let's not be hung up on that. Donald Duck was, doesn't wear pants. Yeah, seriously. So I'm sure there's plenty of other... I mean, look at Tom and Jerry. They run I'm around I'm not wearing naked. pants right now. I came <laughs> home and took my pants off so I could hang out. Fuck pants. I'm over pants. I just keep thinking pants off, dance off. Like, we just yeah. need to have a pants off, dance off party. I was actually once invited to a no pants party, and I went in my pants because of the suit I was wearing. They were like, this is a no pants party. I'm like, that would ruin the line of the suit. Do you see how good this suit is? Um, <laughs> appreciate the suit. I can go party anywhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But with his whole lead in with live action movies, i has been doing a lot of this. Oh, yeah. They started with Maleficent, which I'm completely anti because of the anti-hero notion that they gave her. She was a solid villain. Leave her as a solid villain. You don't need to Disney-fy everything. I loved Maleficent as a villain. Yeah. But as a villain. As an anti-hero? No. Stop fucking with shit. Just leave it alone. I mean, they're changing Dumbo, that story. That's what you were telling me. I'm rather curious to see how they do that, and I'm glad well, to hear they're not using real elephants. Tim Burton's doing it, which oh, who knows? Okay. If that's going to be this good or could bad. Get interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Johnny Shit. Depp isn't in it for once, so that's uh, good. Johnny Depp's a little on the outs right now, so uh, moving on. When I think live action, I, of course, think of the uh, Disney bread and butter franchise, third princess movies. I think Cinderella versus Beauty and the Beast, which I feel like they had completely opposite approaches in, because, of course, the first one of those two was Cinderella, which, again, talk about wanting to identify the villain. That movie was beautiful, except for the main gowns of Cinderella and the Godmother. They just look so cheap and chintzy. That organza looked like hell. But I know I'm kind of just sound like a snobby bitch when I say that, but it's true. And then the villain's costumes were fucking killer. And it wasn't anything like the animated one. But then you have Beauty and the Beast, which they tried to do as much frame by frame right. as the Oscar winning movie. And then uh, Emma Watson, who I love, but she can't sing. No. And it was rough. Which... And yeah. So I didn't see Cinderella and I won't see Cinderella because I fucking hate the fact they put butterflies on the goddamn slippers and all over that fucking dress. That literally okay, is. I'm, as... I'm glad you don't like the dress either. Yay! <laughs> as soon as I saw 
saw the preview where the glass slipper is turning and there's this little butterfly fluttering around and lands on the shoe. I was like, nope, not seeing that. Just because of that goddamn butterfly and the goddamn glass slipper. And then I found out a bunch of butterflies were all over the dress and I was like, nope, not seeing this. Fuck the you. The only creature Teresa hates, a butterfly. No, I like butterflies. I just, <laughs> it's an unnecessary accessory. I'm not a big butterfly on clothes fan. Anyway, but Beauty and the Beast. That's because we lived through that generation where girls have 7,000 butterfly oh, clips I know. in their hair. I know. But Beauty and the Beast was definitely the clip by clip. Dumbo is different in the fact that there's going to be people in the movie, which the only people in the movie were the ringmaster and the clowns, yeah. but now Colin Farrell's Slate in drivers. it and some children and who knows what the fuck they're doing, but they're not going to make it the... Because Dumbo was only like a... 50 minute movie and yes. so they have to make it longer and give it a different storyline and they're probably not gonna have the bull hooks in it because I cannot watch the animated Dumbo movie without feeling so bad yeah it's really horrible it's heart that, there's so many metaphors in that that are just parallels for horrible aspects yeah. of 20th century America and even, the crows you know, the crows aren't gonna be in it who are let's be honest were the best fucking part of the right? animation but they're not gonna be in it for racial stereotype reasons and then another one i'm really upset about is mulan yeah you were mentioning that so Why is that? they're not making it a musical they're taking out all I'm the music okay of Mul- i'm not i love the music of mulan well i'm gonna this is why i do too i love the music of mulan but i'm gonna say when they did the cinderella and they changed the cinderella story they didn't make it a musical and so for me, I felt like I was just watching a new rendition of Cinderella. I wasn't expecting Disney's Cinderella. And I heard that they're changing the Mulan storyline. So as much as I love, oh my God, how can I make a man and use one of my favorite right? Disney tracks? ever i love that song so much but i'd rather not see that than see it done in a way i don't like i don't like that they're taking out the music i really love the music of mulan and there are some really great songs and no i just if they can't put in the music then don't do the movie well and that's that's the sacrifice of the live action right like how do you have warriors singing Mm-hmm. and make it as realistic it's a much harder sell and it's already going to be pretty funny and very they can Disney. do it they can do of it i mean can, if you can have an entire Disney. village singing in beauty and the beast you can have an entire warrior singing I yeah, want to know. That looked, it was like the filming of My Fair Lady, the way that was staged. True. Not exactly with the pausing, but yeah. I mean, it was still, it was just pretty much a really well directed long screen. What am I? Oh my God, I should not have started drinking so early. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, different than being, we're marching off to war. Yeah. We're seeing, there's a reason that, as great as West Side Story is, everyone makes fun of the fact that they're all like, you know, they're like snapping to go to a fight. So, me too. But people mock it because at the end of the day, that's really antithetical to the idea well, of gangbangers, right? Like, also, no one really just stops and breaks out into dancing, but we accept it. And I oh, my mother does. Th- oh, really? I call my mother Julie Andrews because she will break out into song at any fucking time she wants. Oh, no my joke. gosh. That's too funny. I yeah. need to meet your mother yeah. because Be- I need to see Being a this. teenager and having her start singing about, but when you do, we got to remember to be safe, so don't forget about Condom Land, and she starts oh singing about God. this. And you're like, mother, please stop. Oh, my God. People are looking. Oh, my God. That's my mother amazing. now makes dick soap. Go figure. Yeah. I love her soap. It's great. Yeah. It's all colorful. and It is. And I love the warning not to be used internally. External <laughs> use only. Yes. 
By the way, soapfetish.com, now that I've just turned this into a fucking plug for my mother. You're always You're plugging welcome, something, Mom. Darby. Sorry, I do burlesque. Shameless, shameless self-promotion. That's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. But Moving on. But yeah, so Disney on their whole live action kick, because we have Aladdin coming up, which was really hard for them because they were trying to find Indian actors, and I guess they did casting calls, and after casting call, after casting call, and they weren't finding the right people and then apparently they finally cast some people and everyone was talking about how like oh well if they whitewash Aladdin I'm out and all this other bullshit and then they add fucking Will Smith as the genie I am not for that I just why not because how do you follow Robin Williams and Will Smith is Um, not a comedian Robin Williams is did you not watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? <laughs> I did watch it, and that was old Will Smith. That's not Will Smith now. I don't know. I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt and not judge the performance until he's actually done it, because he does actually have a relatively diverse resume. He has a diverse resume, but doesn't mean he's yeah. been in anything good lately. It doesn't mean he... I like, didn't say he was. Exact example. But this is something he, completely different for him, so maybe it's what he's looking for. But when he did Deadshot, he was Will Smith playing Deadshot playing Will Smith. That sucks. I didn't, again, I'm I actually didn't surprised he's not forcing Disney to cast his son in this because usually he won't do a project unless one of his kids gets to be in the goddamn movie. Seriously? Oh, yeah. That's why oh, he, so you know the Netflix movie he did? The, right? No. Uh-huh. So he did the movie Bright, which I actually saw on Netflix, and it's actually not that bad. It got a lot of negative reviews. I don't see why, but I enjoyed it. Anyway, the only way he would do Bright is if Netflix gave his son something, and now his son has an animated show that he's doing for Netflix. What? Oh, yeah. Will Smith will not do anything unless his kids get something back. That's the way it works. Well, that's which, a hell of a contract. Well, it have. sucks because that means his kids aren't learning to build their own careers. They have to ride daddy's coattails and they don't learn life and rejection because Will Smith is getting everything for them. Yeah, that does suck. And again, after comparing it to Robin Williams, who I don't know if you know, but he had a clause in his contract that demanded that they hire is homeless still a PC term? Homeless a residentially fine. challenged individual homeless is just homeless. for a certain amount of time. No, I'm not kidding. This was actually a clause in his contract, and I don't know if you're aware, but my mother, again, talking about my mom. What is <laughs> my mom is on my mind apparently. She knew Robin Williams out here back in the day when he okay. was in his mid twenties. Well, yeah, but he was an asshole in his mid twenties. You know, mm. he had a drug problem. He yeah. was horrible to his and he dated a chick my mom knew and he was horrible to her but he was 25 yeah. and that's the thing is he got clean and he was very honest about what a dick he was and how much he was this self-loather and mm. look what his final so again it's one of those things to me Robin Williams is not only like phenomenal but he's a phenomenal example of how to actually make right and own your shit because he was like yeah I was a piece of shit and now I you know try really hard to make other people happy to make up for it and he had this clause that literally was made to help rehabilitate a stranger is that insane? That's crazy, but that's so good. I mean, I think more actors should do that. I mean, talk about using your power for something positive. Right? That's how it should be. I was reading an article about, what is his name? Oh, shoot. I knew up until now. The guy from The Clash, the one who just had his birthday. Jimmy? Jim? Something like that? Shit. Why am I having a mind blank? Anyway, the lead singer from The Clash. Sorry, I'm totally mind blanking. I'm a terrible music person. I know his name, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Anyway, when an opener band, he found out how much they were getting paid and realized it wasn't even enough to live on. Like, they couldn't even get a hotel and they couldn't even afford food. So he ended up letting them crash in 
the clash is sweet and then told promoters that they had to pay them more and he was such an advocate for treating people well he was this major rock star but he was someone who always wanted to give back and you're he was never strummer, too right? huh you're talking about strummer right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been a good person in a lot of ways. In that but that's sense. what I'm just saying. If you're powerful, you have the ability to do good and you don't have to be this asshole. But again, we're talking about live action Disney so movies. <laughs> anyway, live action Disney movies. Will Smith, I've liked him in a lot of things. I will be interested in his portrayal of the genie. I also really enjoy his wife. I loved her in Gotham. She, but she oh yeah? Bounced. That's a bummer. She's such a badass. And literally, she is a badass. And she actively takes down the patriarchy daily, so... Yeah. But moving on, live action Disney movies, are you for them or against them? Against. I think they need to just start coming up with something new. Stop going into the Disney vault and rehashing old shit. Come up with new shit. Take chances. As Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus says, take chances, get messy, make mistakes. Do I that. I like that. I like that idea, Miss Frizzle. And I think right. Disney needs to do that. Watch, now we're going to get a live action yellow school bus movie, probably. That was not one of my big ones when I was a kid, but I would actually be down for that. I was a wayside high reader, oh, okay. though. I was a big fan nice. of that. So, do we want to move on to the trailer of Christopher Robin? Yeah, sure. I didn't take too many notes on this because it was, again, I didn't feel they put a lot of work into this trailer. What did you think of the trailer? So I felt I did not see the movie the trailer sold me on again. <laughs> the way that they portray that happens. Christopher Robin in the trailer is he's this guy who doesn't want to spend his time working and he wants to go be with his family. And that's not what I saw in the movie. But that being said, the minute I found out that Ewan McGregor was going to be in this movie and the minute I first saw this trailer, you put the cute little Pooh Bear and Eeyore in front of me. I was like, I'm seeing this movie. I knew I wanted to see it as soon as I saw Pooh. I was like, oh my god, he's so adorable. I need to see this. Because I like Winnie the Pooh and I love Eeyore and I really wanted to see what they were going to do. I wanted to know if they were going to do it justice. I really wanted to know if how they were going to do an adult Christopher Robin and having Pooh and Piglet and all them and what version of the story because the cartoon always made it seem more about the Winnie the Pooh gang and not so much about Christopher Robin even though these were all supposed to be based on books and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I was really interested on what path they took with this. So yeah. I was down to see it no matter what. I didn't even need to see a trailer for me to know I want to see this movie. I actually agree with you pretty much 100% on that assessment. I saw a poster for this when I mm -hmm. decided I wanted to see it. And I was like, Ewan McGregor's playing Christopher Robin. They're making a live action poo and they're calling it Christopher Robin. Okay. That's enough of an idea that I feel, A, I'm going to go see Ewan McGregor be Christopher Robin. Mm -hmm. Let's just not lie. That I was sold on. Yeah. And then a slightly different idea. I didn't outright hate Maleficent. I did not like its execution, but conceptually I like the idea of exploring a underutilized character in the Disney universe. I like the idea of exploring characters who are side parts. I definitely, when Maleficent came out, I was into it because I was like, oh my God, we're going to get to learn Maleficent's backstory. And I love origin stories. Unless you're Spider-Man and you're showing us the same origin story six times. We don't need that anymore. But with this Christopher Robin movie, I was excited to see what happened to Christopher Robin when he got older. We all knew him as a child, but we didn't, well, kind of as a child. We didn't know his adult story. And we also mm -hmm. didn't know parts of his childhood that you know, eventually the movie lets us know. But yeah, I was definitely sold on this. You know, all you had to do was show me, you know, you all you had to do was tell me that there Robin. was going to, not even that. I mean, that was just a bonus. It was just more like, hey, this is going to be a Winnie the Pooh movie, but not solidly about Winnie the Pooh. Pooh Bear was so cute. 
cute. I know. Oh anyway. God. Okay, moving so. on. So, are we going to synopsis this thing? Yes, we can move on to the movie. So, what's okay. the synopsis? So, the movie begins on Christopher Robin's last day in the Hundred Acre Wood. The intro kind of spins through some of these using the illustration, the storybook elements, and then we're brought to his last day where the gang is getting together to throw him a party and they're lamenting the fact that their friend Christopher is going to be gone. Then he shows up and they, of course, have a bunch of sweet moments that exemplify all of the characters in Hundred Acre Wood. Then he gives them cake and <laughs> him and Pooh have their little Pooh Bear and Christopher Robin moments and Christopher Robin imparts some knowledge about the importance of doing nothing to lead to the best somethings and all of these fun little things that again are later associated with Winnie the Pooh because Christopher Robin is Pooh's inspiration. Anyway, so then we go through this montage of years where Christopher Robin leaves for boarding school. After he arrives at boarding school, his father dies. Over the years, he becomes increasingly more serious and he stops playing more and more. They kind of show this. He eventually lightens up a little bit when he meets his future wife. That you see a little bit of them courting, the adorable dancing, and then they're married and he leaves for war. He's gone for at least four years. She's pregnant when he leaves and then they celebrate at least three birthdays without him, right? Mm-hmm. And when he gets back, uh, he he's excited to meet his family, but he very promptly becomes a workaholic. It's very sad, very not Christopher Robin-esque. Yeah. And so then we're brought to Christopher Robin at work and in real time, and you find out he's this really hardworking, can't be distracted from how business-minded he is, and he's the leader of this large group, but still sort of a peon within his company. And his boss shows up, and we find out his company is in trouble and that if they don't cut back 20% of costs, this section of the family business is going under. And you get the idea that this is some very rich family money, wide company, right? So they make a point of luggage is one of the many divisions that they have. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he's an efficiency manager at a luggage company. Yeah. So he's required to work through the weekend, which also requires that he bails on his family who are going away to the family cottage in the country. The next morning after his family leaves, he's rushing to work and he spills honey onto a drawing that he made of Pooh Bear as a child that his daughter had left for him very sweetly. As he runs out the door, we're suddenly transported to the Hundred Acre Wood where Winnie the Pooh is waking up. And as he did in his many adventures, he tumbled to his mirror and did his little workouts. <laughs> up and down, touched the ground, and then he proceeds through the Hundred Acre Wood where he cannot find any of his friends, but he does manage to find his way through the door through which Christopher Robin was known to appear. He ends up in London and takes a nap on a bench. Back to Christopher Robin, who's working hard through the weekend. He comes home exhausted and has to escape his neighbor and ducks into the park in his neighborhood because he lives in Kensington Gardens. Both neighbor and gardens I will revisit later, (laughs) but I digress. At this point, he comes face to face with Winnie the Pooh. Thinks he's cracked and lost his mind, but in the end, he takes Pooh into his home, who eventually causes a bit of a ruckus and they decide they gotta get him back to this cottage in the country because that's where the door to the Hundred Acre Wood is, theoretically. So he takes Pooh through London, which causes a bit of a stir because the bear is very inquisitive and questions people who are then shocked to see a talking bear. When they get to the country, they go into the Hundred Acre Wood after a little bit of coaxing and they find it foggy and sad and they can't find any of Pooh's friends. And then even worse, Christopher Robin loses Pooh after yelling at him and is caught in a half a lump trap. He eventually gets rained out of this trap, at which point he kind of relives the 
Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and we see a couple of the major stories sort of revisited. He finds Eeyore floating down the river very depressed. In the process to save him, he realizes he's grown up and needs to interact with this in a different way, but is still super excited about it. Eeyore, of course, thinks Christopher Robin is a heffalump and they go to find the noise that scared everyone away, which is, again, a weather vane like it was in a previous story. Owl's house is again knocked out of the tree. They finally find him. They believe him to be a heffalump until he proves that he is not by fighting a heffalump. After which point, everyone agrees that it's Christopher Robin. They go find Winnie the Pooh, and they all have a happy afternoon. However, when he wakes up the following morning, he's the stressed ball of nerves that he had been upon entering the Hundred Acre Wood and runs from the woods, gets caught by his family trying to sneak out of the cottage, and that causes, you know, a little bit more tension. But the more important impetus for the rest of the story is that Tigger has stolen his quote-unquote important papers which have all the information that he needs to give his boss about how to cut cost 20%. So all of the friends of the Hundred Acre Wood venture out to go save Christopher Robin at which point they meet Christopher Robin's daughter Madeline and they take her with them on their expedition to save Robin and then more insanity ensues as the mother realizes her daughter went running off to London by herself and they all try and find Christopher Robin and then Christopher Robin doesn't have stuff. But everything ends well, as, you know, it must for Disney. <laughs> and that's pretty much Christopher Robin in a nutshell. Or a haycorn, if you will. <laughs> so what did we think? I I love this movie. I enjoyed it so much. I really did. Oh my god, I'm so excited to hear you say I that. I was so happy to see this movie. Just the way Pooh looked, the fact that they did the exercise song, they did Tigger's song. They did Tigger's song. The storyline was a bit whatever for me, only because it's a whatever storyline honestly it's predictable it's your typical one but also this is a kids movie and i have to remember that the one thing i didn't like the fact that the trailer was trying to tell us that this is a story about a guy who wants to go on vacation with his family and makes it seem like he's missing out and all this other stuff but at the end of the day this movie is actually christopher robin has lost his way he doesn't know how to play anymore he has no imagination he's all about you know making sure that his daughter is gets the best education and and even when she asks him to read her a bedtime story, he picks up an encyclopedia and starts reading her that, as opposed to her holding Treasure Island and kind of hiding it because this isn't... That was so cute. This isn't the, the father that she needed. And her mom, when they're in the cottage, the mom tells her to go out and play, and she's all like, how do I do that? So she doesn't have a lot of experience yeah. playing, but that's because Christopher Robin has lost his way because he's been so focused on business and he's been so focused on work. And you can tell this is something that's taken a toll on the family, and it was definitely something that that they eventually need to get fixed, which you knew was the problem. One thing I also liked about this movie is the fact that everybody can see Pooh and all the characters, and mm -hmm. it wasn't just trying to make Christopher Robin look like he's gone crazy, because if they went around that way, I think it could have been a completely different movie, and I probably would have been down for it. But I think they did that to kind of show everyone's inner child, and because everyone always has their inner child, it never goes away, that that's why they could see these characters. And that's why they could see Pooh talking and hear their questions and stuff like that. At least that's my reasoning behind it. I thought that that was a really fun part, though. I wanted them to explain how, why. Like, well, see, I and that's just, why I, I think it's because everyone has an inner child. There was a point where everyone had an imagination. They used it. And so the fact they could see Pooh and all of them interacting was because they were children at one point and they did Which, play. They knew how to do all of this. So it was kind of just that notion that it was always there inside you if you just realized it. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I enjoyed this film as well. It didn't 
challenged me in any way. I think that while it was very predictable, it was very smart in the way it did a lot of things. The way yeah. I think about this is like an adult. It is Christopher Robin revisiting the wood mm -hmm. as an adult. It's a fun idea to play with, but it had this feeling of reading your child your favorite book rather yeah. than it being a replication of your favorite book. So it's not just about your childhood. It's about re-experiencing child from a different perspective. Yeah. And it's very much about how absence is felt, mm -hmm. which I thought was really, really interesting. So there was a lot of layered storytelling in it. Like you said, they did all those basic things we wanted them to do. Who sang his song? Tigger mm -hmm. sang his song. We went through, like I mentioned, you're floating down the river and Christopher Robin finding him there. That was in the book. Yeah. We went through Owl's house being blown down, mm -hmm. uh, battling heffalumps and woozles. We went through all those things, but there were fun elements that brought this together because of course there was a ton of metaphor to these books yeah. to begin with, which were written in twenties. But I don't know if you noticed, I loved in the hallucination when he had the fever dream, when he was being rained out of the heffalump trap mm -hmm. and the heffalump attacks him and he's seeing poo. The heffalump is wearing a tie. Yes, I saw that. The heffalump is wearing a tie and then you know five minutes later when they find poo or seven minutes later he says something about the heffalump well was in fact me and he's talking about him fake fighting the heffalump yeah. but really he's talking about how he was the heffalump he made the comparison of his boss being the woozle mm -hmm. so it was very cute the way they said it the language to tell a lot of stories at a lot of different periods of time and again you said it already and i can't say it enough how fucking cute they were yes. they were so cute i want to know what kind of biomechanic processes they are what did they study to generate those specific biomechanics right. of the little hinged teddy bear and it looks so real the thing was, i think was, that was fun so Pooh had this obsession with this red balloon and i think part of the reason they put that in was because he does a lot of walking and ewan mcgregor has to follow him so i'm wondering if the reason they had this red balloon is so he knew where to go during these segments like as a marker um, i'm not sure because red was also super important in the filming of it so mm -hmm. maybe the balloon Balloon was a tool to create that. Red, well, however, know. was also very effective for what they were doing. They well, I know there was red very precisely throughout the film. Well, I know there was a story where Pooh has a balloon, so that reminded me of that. But I do think that it helped in the filming of him having a balloon and making things easier for the actor to know where to sit and know where to stand if this balloon is the marker. He's out in physical woods or on a set, and just having something there would be a lot easier for him to act with mm -hmm. than just trying to act to air or something yeah potentially but either way like i said i really like this movie i thought it was super cute it's definitely one of those feel-good movies where even though you know it's a kid's movie and you know it's what's coming i like oh, no, i cried it's okay it's allowed <laughs> I got a little teary-eyed. I did, but I didn't cry. Though, I'm definitely glad I saw it because a lot of people were telling me, or at least a lot of the things I was hearing was like, oh, this is, you know, Christopher Robin's marriage is on the rocks and he's potentially getting divorced and who's going to help fix it? That's not the movie that I saw. There was no divorce. Really? Because I felt that was definitely the movie I saw. His wife was about to leave him. No, ass. she wasn't. Because during the movie, yeah, she says that they're going to stay at the cottage because they're mad that he came down to there and then he was leaving right away. But then when she goes and talks to the daughter, she explains that, you know, yeah, your father's busy, but he's going to come back to us. I just know it. So it completely twisted to where she's like, I need space from you. But there was never <laughs> any indication that she was going to leave him. You don't talk to your child about leaving their father. But you also age. don't talk to your child about how he's going to come back to us either. I don't know. I think people want to give other people hope. Mm, I don't see that. So. I think, honestly, it wasn't a divorce thing. I really don't because... Well, I'm not saying 
saying it was necessarily a divorce thing, but they were making it very clear that on the path he was going, he was going to lose his family. Eventually, but not like right then, especially if he was going to force his daughter to go to boarding school. I think that's what would have ended up making him lose his family completely. Yeah, but because... either way, that was a pretty much an immediate result at this point was her him sending her to boarding school. She was going like the next week or something. Yeah, she was going to be leaving soon. So I think that that was definitely an element of it. I think divorce, again, is that's our modern context looking back at this. Divorce was a very different thing in the late 40s in England. I knew that, but I didn't get that as the main vibe from the movie, and I really didn't, I didn't well, pull the, I, that from the movie. I think Everything that's like, the word divorce is problematic, because that wouldn't have been the next step back then. Yeah, you know they, what I'm saying? But no, completely. It, I definitely think that they were trying to convey the message that if he didn't change his ways, they were not going to be a couple much longer. Because she didn't want her daughter to go off to boarding school either. You could tell that she right. wasn't thrilled, but she was doing what her husband wanted. Right. You know, but you, how much unhappiness do you put up with? until you, you know, do something about it. So, but either way, that's, we're digressing. He lost his way regardless. And that's really right. his journey that we're talking about. But I about. still don't think that the premise of the movie was he was going to get divorced and Pooh was helping save them. No, Pooh was, was the there premise. to help. That was just a part of it. I don't even think the divorce was really a part of it. I think that there was Divorce problems. is a problematic word. No, I'm not even saying the problematic word. I'm just saying that, okay, I don't think him and his wife are going to separate or whatever. I think it was so far off into the future that it wasn't something that was a main focus. Okay. I think the main focus was that Christopher Robin lost his way and that's why Pooh and his friends showed up was to help that and to help okay. show Christopher Robin who he used to be and how he used to be this one type of person who wasn't so fixated on work and he enjoyed life and even the wife Evelyn makes the comment about how you haven't laughed in years. So I think it was more on But his fractured to... family is one of those symptoms, right? The way he only works and the way he doesn't have time for his family. But I they're... think he was oblivious to the fact that his family was fractured because he also thought his daughter was happy and that she loved to work. So he was pretty oblivious yes. on how unhappy his family actually was. Of course he was. So it was Because he thought that all he, all of those things he thought he was doing he thought were the right things. Of course he was oblivious. Right, which is why I'm saying that Pooh was actually there to help he's show lost. him. Yeah, exactly. Like he's lost. Of course he's oblivious. He's fucking lost. He doesn't know what's going and on. And he didn't even know he was lost until Pooh showed up. Which was such a great moment, wasn't it? Yeah. I oh love that he goodness. like as soon as Pooh shows up, his life just becomes disarray with things breaking and Pooh calls a shelf a ladder and oh. to me I love Pooh. He's so innocently simple and dense, but you can't hate him for it. Have you ever read The Zen of Pooh? No. When I was younger, there was this really popular coffee table book called The Zen of Pooh, and it was all of those cute little sayings that he said, oh, well, of course, that would be explain why it wasn't good for climbing, mm -hmm. you know, or the cute, very honest, but simple things he yeah. says. I generally get to where I'm going by walking away. Yeah from where I was. That's generally how I do it. And it's it was a collection of all those sorts of things because that's how he spoke in the books as well. Yeah. Which is one of the interesting things because when they made the animated version that we always think, like our generation thinks of as Winnie the Pooh or the Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, they always kept those, like his colloquial patterns. Well, they had in to. The story. It wouldn't make sense not to. The only thing I questioned was, so was Rabbit a real bunny in the stories? I always thought he was stuffed animal too. They were all stuffed animals. That's what I the thought. Stories. The only one I never thought wasn't a stuffed animal was Owl and Gopher. Those were the only two. I always thought well, Rabbit. Well, Gopher was a slightly later character, I believe. And in the no, original, he was. they were all stuffed. 
correct. Yeah. Well, so is Tigger. Tigger actually wasn't until Pooh Corner, but mm-hmm. Tigger was in all of the versions from our right. memory because the all animated Mini Adventures when you mm-hmm. well, I want to say that came out in the sixties, which has all the voices from the the cartoons we yeah. grew up with. And then they had some weird series on Disney Channel during my youth that I didn't really watch, mm. but I read the books, of course. I did That's think they I did am. a really good job with the voice casting. Okay. I think they did a really good job matching them. Eeyore was a little bit deeper, but that was because it was Brad Garrett, but still, he's great. I think he was a good choice for Eeyore. Yeah, I think they did a good job. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed that Rabbit was a real rabbit. I expected Owl to be real just because I've always imagined him as real. But Rabbit was a yellow rabbit, so I didn't understand how he was now a real bunny. You know, that is a really great point. I noticed that he was a real rabbit. It didn't sit great with me, but I didn't fully recognize that element of it. I think he was the voice casting I liked least as well. So Yeah, and he wasn't in the movie that often. I wonder if that's... Yeah. I also like how much Eeyore has become the major character. He was the comic relief throughout most of the film. Mm-hmm. He was not popular when I was very young, but he's grown in popularity. I th- it's a really interesting comparison because he's sort of a good example of a functioning depressed person. Yeah. He's part of the show and he feels included, but no one tries to fix him. No one tries to tell him you need to cheer up. Mm-hmm. Like they try and cheer him up by making him part of it, being who they are. Yeah. But no one puts that pressure on him. And I think that's says something about the way our culture even if we don't talk about it more and more people are becoming aware of mental health you know that's funny because because Eeyore was my brother's favorite character and definitely one of mine but I also relate a lot to Eeyore and I I like his humor because it's dry and I do dry humor so I I guess that's why I totally agree I recognize that in you and I always felt that way about Eeyore as well he is dry humor and I always appreciated dry humor Mm mm-hmm It was a very whimsical and warming portrayal of all of these sorts of... All of the characters... His line, great, now it has a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know? But if you uh, look at all the characters, they all have some kind of aspect of a type of person. So you have Rabbit, who is usually the smart one. You have Owl, who has wisdom and always goes back to some great wisdom that his grandfather or uncle shared with him one time. And sometimes he gets it wrong. You have Piglet, who is scared. And you have Eeyore, who's... Yeah, and you have Eeyore, who's depressed. And you have Rue, who's excited. Rue's the child, and he sees clearly in uncomplicated ways. And so he has a lot of understanding, which is the way they showed him in this. Kanga is the representative of the parent. Owl is perspective that comes with age, which is, Mm -hmm. and it's flawed, but it's endearing. And that's why it's childish. And Pooh's sort of the id. So he's somehow simultaneously a peer of Christopher Robbins Mm -hmm. and a child of Christopher Robbins. It's really interesting. But that's what Uh, I'm saying. Like all the forward in this. Well, all the characters kind of make up one person. They make up. Did you also notice that his staff at the luggage company were supposed to be parallels of them? Yes, I saw that. It was so... Uh, I, I thought that was really well executed without being overbearing. I did find it funny when the owner's son, who is taking over the company, he comes in and says hi to everyone. And he says, oh, you know, I like to be around the working men and uh, women. I always forget about them. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That oh, was like, oh, wait. that's just perfect timing for that time period, but also kind of relevant to what goes on now. And I'm yeah. like, oh, interesting. 
God, that feels nice. Ah. Yeah. The other line of yours, hold on, that I really loved was in the beginning at the end of the party mm. when everyone falls asleep after eating the cake. Your mutters, saddle's too tight. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I died laughing at that point. I like um, when... Tigger puts on the important papers and straps them on to Eeyore and Eeyore asks, does this make me look husky? Look, that was cute. And then a little while later, like, you look like a sad house. Yeah. <laughs> Eeyore definitely had all of the best or all of them, the fun comical moments. In yeah. This, so know. overall, what would we rate this movie? I'm going to give it an A minus. I had some editing issues. And again, the script was stupid, obvious but I thought it was a really great execution of something that I felt would be a good idea for a really long time. I'm gonna just give it a solid A because again, I understand this is a kid's movie, but, and I enjoyed it and I would see this again. I would, oh, I, saw I it might twice. own it. I know you saw it twice and this was one of the few movies I didn't see twice. So another really random side note is I, one of the reasons I saw it again twice, I was really tired when I saw it, but I recognized the street that he lived on because it's supposed to be the neighborhood where I stayed the last Last time I was there. Oh, and so I, I went today and I texted my friend for sitting and was like, hey, if you want, come meet me for uh, Christopher Robin between my things. And, da, 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 da. and so oh, she nice. showed up and like as soon as she saw it, she's like, oh my God. I'm like, yes, see? <laughs> nice. So uh, that was a fun moment for me personally. Well, that's good. Apparently it's been doing well in the box office. So I'm happy to hear yeah. that. I uh, Googled something about it and the headlines... <laughs> The headline order read Christopher Robin Blue. Oh my Because <laughs> it was Christopher Robin Blue Meg out of the box office in the UK. Yeah, I saw that. But it was Christopher Robin movie Blue. And the way it showed up on my <laughs> yeah. screen, I uh, giggled like a child, which is amazing. I made it through a movie where they call the main character Pooh for half of it. I giggled at Christopher Robin Blue. But, I'm an adult. Really? So yeah, I'm an adult. I would give it an A, so I guess I broke the out. curve. A minus. Yeah. Still a good movie. I definitely think everyone should see it. I really hope, though, they don't make a sequel because they don't need a sequel for this movie. Oh, I really hope they don't make a sequel either. That would be horrible. Again, it was a good, solid shot. Yes. Justice. Move My the biggest fuck on, fear please. is Madeline's on. gonna go off and have her own adventures with Pooh, and I really don't need to see that. If they do that, I'm out. Well, probably just do they straight to video things anymore? Is that still? I don't know. Maybe thing? when they do their own platform, their own streaming platform, they'll do more of that. Oh my god, they're gonna do their own streaming platform. Oh yeah, Disney is gonna be have its own streaming platform. That's gonna cost. Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, I, who am I kidding? I'm going to get that. Though I have so many Disney movies, I don't know why I would need it. Also, the little actress who played the daughter, her first name is Bronte. How badass of a first name is that? Interesting. Like the Bronte sisters who, I've never been a fan of their work because it just makes me angry to read about women being treated like that. But oh, hey, did you come up with, we were going to talk about drinking games too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the drinking game happy? for Winnie the Pooh is if you hear the word Robin. happy, you, you take a drink. If you hear the name Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin you, you take, take a drink. drink. If you if, hear just Christopher, uh, not Christopher Robin, but just Christopher, yes. it's shot. Yes. Or a double shot if you're doing shots for each drink. Yes. So that is the Christopher Robin drinking game. How to get trashed watching Christopher Robin. Yes. Oh, what did you think of the creepy neighbor? That totally threw me. Oh. Both times. 
Yeah. What did he had a weird obsession with Jim Remy, especially wanted to play Jim Remy with Christopher Robin and the fact that he would not let it go. I feel he was unnecessary. I really don't think he need to be part of the movie. They needed the impetus for him to hide in the garden and find Pooh. And I get that. Right. But I just thought the creation and execution of it was so awkward and uncomfortable. It actually took me out of the story because I was so busy filling in what kind of crazy contact could be going on with this bizarre shit because it was so bizarre and awkward yeah. in that place. I feel like anyway, they could have figured... I think that right there it sums up my minus. <laughs> I feel like they could have figured out a different way to get him into the garden and right? not that guy. So many ways. So would the trailer have made you go see the movie? Yes. I mean, if I wanted to go have a feel-good hour, two hours of my life, I would go see that movie. That's what that commercial made me think the minute i saw Pooh in that trailer i was sold so honestly all they had to do was put a picture in front of me and show me the the gang and i was there i knew and i wanted to see this movie. You saw this movie i am definitely glad i saw this movie it was so cute i can't get over how cute it was but was it the movie you thought you paid to see no it was definitely no. not the movie i thought i paid to see i mean the only thing that helped was the fact that i had people like telling me like their versions of what they saw mm -hmm. so i kind of had an idea but definitely not what the trailer sold me on the trailer sold me on this guy who was being forced to be at work instead of his family but apparently he's always been a workaholic he's always picked work over his family yeah i think that they kind of set that up as a way to sort of represent how he's always again been this person who's tried to take care of everyone and as he got older that meant different things right you know but that's not what they showed in the trailer in the trailer totally. they showed a guy who wanted to be with his family and was all about his family and it, you know even they show the end of the film in the trailer yeah. where he's hugging his family and that, that was my thought when we rewatched it tonight they had very creative editing yes like timeline editing, so to speak, yes. to make that trailer as uh, sellable as it was. And even Pooh saying, you know, Christopher Robbins always helped us. Let's go help him. Nothing was about work. Nothing was about 20% needing to be cut and all this other stuff. It was, oh, Christopher Robbins being stuck oh, at work this weekend. You need to go do that. Work is a good option to drink on as well, actually. Work <laughs> or happy. It depends on your mood. Do you want to drink when they say work or do you want to drink when they say happy? It depends. How, what kind of drinking are you doing? Tequila drinking or whiskey drinking. Who knows? <laughs> well, I'm just a vodka drinker, so I'll just stick with that. I am on bourbon right now. Woo! <laughs> uh, but, but no, I agree. They definitely edited that to make it a much more precise and cleaner uh, thing which I think uh, might have been a way to prevent adults from being burdened by what the actual storyline was. Yeah, probably because it was too relatable. I mean, it's incredibly relatable. Who hasn't lost their child a little bit, right? Yeah. Who, um, who's still in touch with their teddy bear? Yeah. I but, mean, unless your name's Ted. But. but yeah, so the trailer definitely didn't sell me the movie I saw, but I'm glad I saw it. Um, so for our next movie, we are going to be reviewing Happy Time Murders. It's not often that we'll do a back-to-back -back theater movie because we try and at least do one for home one for theater son. yeah Shit. completely but you know with the fact that we did coco and jaws so thought of doing this one just because also i'm gonna see it no matter what and we figure we might as well review it i can get into puppets when so we'll see how it goes it. awesome all, all right. right well well that was an interesting hour of our lives well that's a wrap totally <laughs> You can't handle the truth. He's looking at you, kid. I'll be back. <laughs>